Welcome to the Happy Menopause Podcast with me, Jackie Lynch, registered nutritional therapist and founder of the Well, Well, Well Nutrition Clinic, where I specialize in women's health and the menopause. There are so many ways that diet and lifestyle can help to relieve a whole range of menopause symptoms. And my new book, The Happy Menopause, Smart Nutrition to Help You Flourish, is packed with practical nutrition advice to support you through this transition. It's out now and available to order in all the usual places. Join me and my expert guests on a journey through midlife in this podcast and find out how you can have a healthy and happy menopause. Welcome to the final episode of season two. It's been a wonderful few months talking to so many fabulous experts on all manner of different subjects, from managing midlife skin and hair to dealing with heavy periods and beating brain fog. I owe a huge thank you to my wonderful guests who've been so generous in sharing their expertise and their stories. And what stories we've had, tales of finding passion and purpose in midlife, living with premature menopause and solo adventures in a motorhome, to name but a few. I've been blown away by all the inspiring women I've chatted to. And I know that you have been too, because I've had such great feedback from many of you. So thank you to you too for listening and sharing. This podcast really is a labour of love for me, and I'm thrilled with how well it's doing. So although I'm taking a break in August, I'll be back with season three in September. I've already got some more brilliant guests lined up for you. So watch this space. But let's get back to the matter in hand, today's theme, which is all about energy. I'm flying solo today because nutrition for energy is a specialist subject of mine. In fact, I've written a whole book about it called Vavavoom. So while we're talking about Vavavoom, have you lost yours? Do you feel tired all the time? Do you blame your age for your lack of energy? If this sounds familiar, then it's definitely time to take action. Because whether you're 29 or 69, it's far more likely that your diet and lifestyle are the main culprits. And a few simple changes and new habits could make a world of difference to the way you feel. So that's what I'll be talking about today. But first, I'd like to give a shout out to my sponsor, Silk, who make it possible for me to produce this podcast. Their wonderful product can transform your intimate life, because one of the midlife symptoms we don't often talk about is vaginal dryness. It can be a real problem during the perimenopause and the menopause, causing itching, discomfort and painful sex. So I'd like to say a big thank you to them, not just for supporting this podcast, but for offering a gentle and natural solution for women with vaginal dryness. Silk's plant-based formula is made in New Zealand with kiwi vine gum extract, which is a natural lubricant. It's water-based and pH-friendly, so that it gently soothes vaginal dryness and irritation, helping you rediscover your love life. It's available at all chemists and off the shelf in larger boot stores. Visit Silk, S-Y-L-K, .co.uk to order your free sample. And so on to today's episode. I decided to focus on energy because I think we're all feeling a bit weary from the impact of COVID, whether we had it or not. Our lives have changed a lot in the past year and dealing with all the associated issues around the pandemic have ground many of us down. So it wouldn't be surprising if you're feeling generally tired. And that's before we take into account all the hormonal havoc that comes with the perimenopause and menopause, because that also has a significant impact on physical and mental energy. 
So for all you tired midlife women out there, I'm going to take a close look at energy, how the body produces it, the different types, the role of different nutrients in the energy production process, and we'll do a little quiz to help you identify whether a deficiency might be playing a part in your symptoms. I'll be sharing my best nutrition tips to help you get your vavavoom back so that you feel like a whole new woman. So here goes. Let's start with a health warning because you do need to rule out any medical issue as a first step. If you feel unusually tired and your symptoms persist or are unrelieved by rest, then you should consult your doctor. Fatigue can be an early warning sign for many chronic health conditions, including diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer, autoimmune conditions, and an underactive thyroid. In fact, thyroid dysfunction is actually a fairly common concern for women in midlife and may go unrecognised because many of the symptoms are also very typical of the menopause. Weight gain, sluggish metabolism, constipation, fatigue, thinning hair. So it's really important to be proactive about your health and not simply assume that you feel the way you do because of your age, your life stage or because you're busy and stressed. So listen to that warning signal from your body and make sure you get yourself checked out. Once you've ruled out a potential medical condition, you can turn your attention to all the ways nutrition and lifestyle could make a real difference. Let's start by taking a closer look at energy. Why do we need it, first of all? You may think that energy is all about being able to run for the bus, juggle work and family life, or party all night. But that's just a very small part of why we need energy. In fact, every cell in our body requires energy to function properly. Our brain is totally reliant on energy, and if the brain cells aren't properly fueled, loss of motivation, poor concentration, brain fog and confusion can occur. Without energy, our muscles can't function properly. And that includes the heart, which is one of our biggest muscles. When our muscles are starved of energy, it can lead to cramping and pain. Our immune cells use energy to fight infection and keep us healthy. We need energy to transport nutrients around the body and to absorb them into our cells. As our energy levels start to drop, any of these essential systems can be disrupted, which means that a lack of energy could be at the heart of a number of health concerns. So how does the body produce energy? The energy production process is a complex chain reaction in the body called respiration. That's nothing to do with breathing. Technically, that's ventilation. During the respiration process, the food we eat reacts with oxygen to produce energy molecules called adenosine triphosphate, or ATP. These store energy for the body to use when needed, a little bit like charging and running a car battery. And we need a constant supply of ATP to survive. Most commonly, the body will use carbohydrate as a quick and easy energy source. Fat is converted to energy if you're low in carbohydrate or if there's a high demand for energy. And protein is usually a last resort and would mostly be broken down from body tissue if we're starved of other sources of energy. Each stage in the respiration process requires a number of key nutrients and these facilitate each conversion phase so a deficiency in any of them can stall the entire energy production process. One of these phases is the citric acid cycle, 
which you might remember from high school chemistry. It's a phase which relies on certain B vitamins, magnesium, alpha-lipoic acid and iron to successfully complete the cycle. The electron transport chain, which follows on from this, needs CoQ10, magnesium, zinc, copper, iron and vitamins B2, B3, C and K to function correctly. So you can see how many catalyst nutrients you actually need for each stage of the energy production chain reaction and how delicate the balance can be to ensure it runs smoothly. The human body really is a super high performance machine and the right fuel can make a huge difference. And that's why a balanced diet is so important. Okay, so that's a little bit of the science of energy. So let's take a look at how that translates into the way you feel. There is no formal diagnosis of fatigue. It's a subjective opinion based on the way you're feeling. So my first question to you is this, what kind of tired are you? Because there are lots of different types of energy. Strength and stamina, concentration and focus, speed and productivity, vitality and exuberance, creativity and imagination. Understanding the possible weak points in your energy production is a really important first step in identifying the most appropriate diet and lifestyle solutions for you. So let's have a go at my energy quiz, which might give you food for thought about some of the areas you could need to focus on. I've picked four of the most common causes of low energy that I see in my nutrition clinic. So let's see which of these might be relevant to you and what you can do about them. Here's the first quiz, which is all about strength, stamina and concentration. Are you ready? Here goes. Do you feel tired and weak? Do you experience headaches? Do you have poor concentration or memory? Do you get palpitations? Do you have a sore tongue? Is your skin unusually pale? Are you a vegan? Have you lost your appetite? Do you feel dizzy? Do you bruise easily? Do you experience low mood? Has your hair become brittle or thin? If several of these seem to be an issue for you, then it could be due to low levels of iron, vitamin B12, or folate, because they all play a part in the production of red blood cells. Let's start by looking at iron. If you're deficient, you're likely to feel drained and weak, because the oxygen that we need to make energy isn't reaching our body cells. Iron is an essential component of haemoglobin, the protein in our red blood cells that transports oxygen around the body, fueling our brain, muscles, tissues and cells so that they have the energy to carry out all their vital functions. So why might you be low in iron? Well, for some perimenopausal women, that's a no-brainer. Any woman experiencing heavy periods or flooding could be at risk of iron depletion. But other common causes could be prolonged use of antacids, which can impair iron absorption, as can drinking too much tea or coffee, a vegan or largely plant-based diet, more on that in a minute, and a deficiency in certain B vitamins can also disrupt the absorption of iron. Food sources of iron fall into two categories. Heme iron, found in animal sources like meat, fish or eggs, 
and non-heme iron found in plant sources, including leafy green vegetables, pulses, nuts and seeds. And this is where a vegan diet can be a factor. There is an increasing move towards following a plant-based diet. And don't get me wrong, at its best, a vegan diet can be incredibly healthy. However, animal sources of iron are more effectively absorbed by the body than plant sources. And this is why a vegan diet could affect your iron levels and may be a factor in your fatigue. We're all biochemically individual, of course, which means that some people will be more susceptible to this issue than others. But it's important for you to join the dots if you're feeling unduly tired and ask your doctor for a blood test to assess your iron levels. It's really important to do this rather than just randomly taking iron tablets when you feel tired. Because a buildup of iron in your tissues when you don't need any extra can lead to serious health issues. If you're prescribed iron tablets, ask for an organic form of iron, such as ferrous fumarate, because this is easier for the body to deal with compared to an inorganic form, like ferrous sulfate, which can be harder for the body to absorb and lead to issues like nausea, cramping or constipation in sensitive individuals. So here's a shortcut, three quick and easy ways you can boost your iron levels. Firstly, try opting for more unusual red meats than beef or lamb. Venison contains twice as much iron per 100 grams as beef, and calf's liver contains about four times as much. Second one, vitamin C increases the absorption of plant sources of iron. So try some clever food combining, like roasted red peppers with tofu, or spinach salad with a lentil bake. And thirdly, don't take your iron supplements with tea or coffee, as this can block the absorption. So leave a gap of at least an hour before or after taking supplements, or around a meal if you tend to be low in iron. If you scored high in the quiz, but you know your iron levels are good, then there are a couple of other key nutrients to consider, because the deficiency signs for these can be very similar to iron. As I mentioned a minute ago, several of the B vitamins are key links in the chain reaction of energy production. They work in synergy together to support a whole range of key functions and a deficiency in one is likely to indicate a deficiency in another and almost certainly affect your energy levels. The two B vitamins that I want to focus on here are B12 and folate or B9. These play a different role in energy production because they work in partnership to form red blood cells and enhance the absorption of iron. Low levels of folate will lead to a form of anemia which can leave you feeling tired, weak and lethargic. As well as affecting energy levels, a deficiency in vitamin B12 will affect cognitive function and can result in poor concentration and memory, as well as irritability, anxiety or depression. You can find folate in leafy green vegetables and pulses, but as B vitamins are water-soluble, you can lose up to 40% if you're in the habit of boiling your vegetables. They can also be depleted by stress and regular alcohol consumption. Vitamin B12, though, is only found naturally in animal sources, like meat, fish or eggs, although it has been added to some fortified foods like Marmite or breakfast cereals. So, like iron, vegans can be more at risk of a B12 deficiency. And it's important to note that the body can store B12 for up to three to five years, so the symptoms may creep up on you. A simple blood test from your doctor will help establish your B12 levels if this is a concern. 
but I generally advise anyone following a plant-based diet to take a multivitamin and mineral that features B12 to avoid the risk of a deficiency. So here are three quick ways you can boost your B vitamins. Firstly, aim to eat five portions of different vegetables every day. Secondly, enhance your absorption of B vitamins by limiting your alcohol intake. The more alcohol-free days you can manage each week, the more B vitamins your body will be able to draw from your diet. And thirdly, buy a steamer for your vegetables and make sure you cook them lightly to preserve as many B vitamins as possible. Okay, are you ready for the next quiz? Let's move on to that one. Do your muscles and joints ache? Do you often have a twitchy eyelid? Are you constipated? Do you struggle to switch off? Do you feel unusually anxious or irritable? Do you find it hard to go to sleep? Do you feel tired but wired? Are you prone to headaches or migraines? Do you experience constant fatigue? Are you finding it harder than usual to cope with stress? These are all classic symptoms of magnesium deficiency. Many of you will know that I'm a big fan of magnesium. It really is the multitasker of the minerals and responsible for more than 300 essential chemical reactions throughout the body. It helps to regulate muscle function, underpins the nervous system and supports our response to stress. Magnesium is important for heart health too, because it regulates blood pressure, vascular health and supports the nerve impulses and muscle contractions that are vital for a regular heart rhythm. It promotes peristalsis, the muscle action that moves stools through the bowel and helps to keep our digestion regular. We also need magnesium for healthy bones. And in energy terms, magnesium acts as our ignition key because it activates the enzymes that spark the entire chain reaction of energy production in the body. If you're low in magnesium, you'll feel as if you're running on empty all the time and just operating on sheer willpower. Magnesium is such a big player in energy production that it's an area I'd always focus on in my nutrition clinic when I'm working with someone who has chronic fatigue syndrome, ME, fibromyalgia, or any form of post-viral fatigue, which is very relevant right now for people struggling with long COVID. In my experience, supporting magnesium levels can make a tangible difference to people struggling with these conditions. So why might you be low? Well, a lack of leafy green vegetables and whole grains in the diet could contribute to magnesium depletion because these are really rich sources of this wonder mineral. Chronic stress can eat up magnesium and certain medications such as steroids or antibiotics can also impair absorption. High dose calcium supplementation could be a factor and too many fizzy drinks could also affect magnesium absorption due to high levels of phosphoric acid. So eating plenty of leafy green vegetables like spinach, cabbage, kale and broccoli will help to keep those levels topped up. And brown rice or sunflower seeds are also excellent sources. Or you could treat yourself to an Epsom salts bath or foot bath. This is magnesium sulfate and it will absorb through the skin, calming the nervous system, relieving your stress levels and setting you up for a great night's sleep. Use two to three handfuls of salts and soak for at least 20 minutes and you'll feel like a whole new woman. 
If you're looking to supplement magnesium, it's important not to exceed 400 milligrams daily without the advice of a health professional. And be aware that magnesium can also interact with some medication, so you should check with your doctor before taking any supplements. Here are three quick and easy ways to boost your magnesium levels. Eat two handfuls of leafy green vegetables every day. Secondly, make a point of opting for whole grain foods like wholemeal bread or rye bread, brown rice or whole grain pasta. And thirdly, a nice cheating one, this one, have an Epsom salts bath or foot bath once or twice a week. It can make a huge difference to the way you feel. Right, so let's go back to the quiz and look at the next potential cause of your fatigue. So here goes. Do you have bone pain, back pain or muscle weakness? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you have unexplained fatigue? Do you have repeated colds or infections? Do you suffer from low mood or depression? Do you get seasonal affective disorder? Are your wounds slow to heal? Do you feel generally tired? These are all classic signs of vitamin D deficiency. And while you might not have automatically made a connection between vitamin D and energy, there's no doubt that it can be a factor. We're learning about vitamin D all the time. And extensive research in recent years has revealed a role that extends far beyond the traditional view of supporting healthy bones and teeth. Of course, this is still a key function, but vitamin D also plays an essential part in the immune system, helping to protect the body from infection. Some studies suggest that vitamin D may help to reduce the risk of chronic conditions such as type 2 diabetes, cancer, cardiovascular disease, rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis. And of course, in recent months, a vitamin D deficiency has been associated with the severity and longevity of COVID symptoms. Low levels of vitamin D can also contribute to mental health issues such as low mood, depression and anxiety. So while vitamin D doesn't play a direct role in energy production, if you regularly struggle with reduced physical and mental energy, poor concentration and low mood during winter months, this can commonly be due to a deficiency in vitamin D. Seasonal affective disorder, which leads to lethargy, may be caused or exacerbated by low levels of vitamin D. And a lack of vitamin D can also contribute to insomnia. So you can see it's a real all-rounder in terms of supporting our energy, health, and well-being. A deficiency is a lot more common than you might think as well. And by March, a large majority of the UK population has low levels of vitamin D. It's only found in food in very small amounts. Liver's probably the best source. But you need to eat copious amounts every day to get what you need. And I'm guessing most of you aren't terribly keen on that idea. You can also find it in eggs or oily fish. But you'd need to eat about eight eggs or a couple of cans of tuna every day to get even a very small dose. The best source of vitamin D is through exposure to sunlight, although as we age, our body does become less efficient at converting and absorbing vitamin D. High factor sunblock or covering up in the sun will also affect vitamin D production. 
And people with Asian, African or Afro-Caribbean heritage can be prone to vitamin D deficiency. So this is something to keep a real eye on if that's relevant to you. Try 10 to 15 minutes in the sunshine without sunscreen each day during the summer months because the UV rays in the UK are too weak between October and March to activate vitamin D production. And even just exposing your forearms could make a big difference. Of course, the timing is going to depend on the strength of the sun and how fair your skin is. So it's important to adjust that accordingly to protect your skin and avoid burning. But even exposure for a short time should allow enough sunshine to be absorbed to support your vitamin D levels. People with darker skin may need about 40 minutes because darker skin contains pigments which protect against the sun. Vitamin D supplements are measured in international units, IU. Now, IU is not a mathematical measure like micrograms. It's a variable measure that expresses how much active vitamin D is available in the product. Although you'll usually find a dose of about 400 IU in a multivitamin, that's really more of a child's dose, and most women in midlife would benefit from a higher daily dose of 1,000 to 3,000 IU. Excessive daily doses of vitamin D over a long period may result in toxicity, although you really have to be having enormous doses for this to happen. But it's still wise to check in with your doctor from time to time for a blood test so you can keep an eye on your levels. Right, so on to the last of my quizzes. I'd say that this issue relates to the single most common cause of low energy that I see in my nutrition clinic. So let's see how you get on with it. Ready? Here we go. Do you experience energy highs and lows? Do you struggle to lose abdominal fat? Do you crave sugar or carbohydrate? Do you rely on caffeine or sugar to keep going? Do you frequently skip breakfast? Do you leave long gaps between meals? Is your mental performance poor? Do you get mood swings? Do you struggle to concentrate? Do you sometimes feel dizzy? These are all classic signs of a blood sugar imbalance. It's one of the most common lifestyle factors to affect our energy levels. Every time our blood sugar drops, our energy levels drop with it. And if you're prone to energy highs and lows throughout the day, you can be sure that blood sugar is the culprit. The infamous mid-afternoon energy slump, I'm sure you know that one, is all about low blood glucose, usually as a result of a crash brought about by consuming too much refined sugar and carbohydrate, caffeine, alcohol or nicotine. So how does it work? Well, the body's programmed to keep levels of sugar in the blood within a very narrow limit, and this ensures sustained energy throughout the day. High levels of sugary food and refined carbohydrate, like white bread, white rice, white pasta, can cause a spike in blood sugar, which generates the release of the hormone insulin in response. Insulin's job is to reduce sugar levels in the blood by storing it in the liver. And any excess sugar is stored as fat cells, one quick and easy route to weight gain. However, the higher the spike in insulin, the lower the fall in blood sugar, which is what can lead to the sugar crash. And this causes the stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, to be released. 
They instruct the liver to release sugar stores back into the blood, as well as generating really powerful cravings for a quick fix of sugar or carbs to redress the balance. So this double whammy response causes the blood sugar to spike again. And so you can see the vicious cycle of highs and lows continues throughout the day. And too many stimulants like caffeine, alcohol and nicotine can also disrupt our blood sugar and insulin levels and get us up and down this seesaw again. Of course, sugar is the primary source of energy for the body. So it's not surprising that if blood sugar levels are low, you'll be feeling tired because low blood sugar can also make you feel irritable, shaky, dizzy, anxious, and can cause headaches. It'll increase the levels of stress hormones in the body, which won't help your energy levels if you're already experiencing chronic stress. And this constant swing between highs and lows of blood sugar, this persistent battle of your hormones to keep things on the straight and narrow can be exhausting. So a blood sugar imbalance will affect the quality of your sleep. Because if you go to bed with high blood sugar, that will activate insulin and your blood sugar will start to drop overnight. As the stress hormones are released, you're likely to wake up in the middle of the night for no apparent reason or have a very restless sleep. So that by the time you wake up in the morning, you'll feel tired and drained. The single best way to maintain a good blood sugar balance is to eat a combination of protein and fibre with every meal and snack. So good sources of protein would include things like meat, fish, eggs, quinoa, pulses, soya, nuts and seeds. Fibres found in complex carbohydrate. Good sources would include vegetables, fruits with an edible skin, pulses and whole grains like wholemeal bread or brown rice. And it's really important to limit your intake of sugary foods, refined carbohydrate and stimulants like caffeine, alcohol or nicotine, because all of these will stimulate that insulin response. So avoiding long gaps between meals is crucial. Even if you have the most balanced breakfast in the world, if you leave it for five or six hours before you eat again, your blood sugar will start to drop. And everybody's got a slightly different tolerance to blood sugar swings. But if you can aim to eat a balanced meal or small snack roughly every three to four hours, then you can adjust the timings to suit you and to maintain blood sugar levels and sustained energy. And if you're following the 16-8 as a, a route to losing weight, then remember that in that eight hour window, balancing your blood sugar is absolutely crucial because otherwise you're really not going to be able to cope during that long 16 hour window of fasting. So really important to balance the proportion of your meals carefully so that protein rich foods are about 25% of your lunch or your evening meal. Whole grain starch like brown rice, oats, wholemeal bread, also about 25% of the meal. And vegetables making up the rest of the meal, about 50%. And if you're avoiding starch for weight management reasons, then increase the level of vegetables to 75%. Regular listeners will know that I'm always banging on about blood sugar balance because it really is Nutrition 101 when it comes to managing menopause symptoms. So this is going to help you in so many more ways than simply supporting energy. It really is non-negotiable for women in midlife. So here are three quick and easy ways to keep that blood sugar on the straight and narrow. Add protein to your morning cereal by adding a tablespoon of seeds like pumpkin or sunflower seeds or a handful of chopped nuts like walnuts or almonds. Secondly, 
swap white starch for brown starch so that you're eating wholemeal bread, brown rice and whole grain pasta or noodles rather than the refined white versions. And swap sugary snacks like biscuits or chocolate for five or six raw unsalted nuts with a piece of fruit or maybe carrot sticks or one or two oat cakes with 50 grams of hummus. Make sure the snack isn't a meal. Keep it small and snappy. So there you have it. These are probably the most common issues that I see when I'm working with people who are struggling with low energy. Of course, there are any number of other factors that can come into play, such as chronic low-grade inflammation, food sensitivities, sluggish liver, dehydration, poor nutrient absorption, other nutrient deficiencies, and chronic stress, to name but a few. And I cover all of these in my book, Vavavoom, The 10-Day Energy Diet, if you'd like to find out more. But for me, the first thing to do is to get some of the obvious basics right. So if one or more of my quizzes rang any bells, I'd get started with that first. Just simple changes to your diet could make a world of difference to you and your energy levels. So don't write yourself off and assume this is it and you have to put up with feeling this way for the rest of your life. Women in midlife are just getting started and a little bit of self-care can go a really long way in making you the strong, vibrant, positive and happy woman you've got every right to be. Go for it. Well, that's it from me for season two. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. If you've missed out on any of the episodes from either season of The Happy Menopause, then give yourself a little August treat and catch up on the ones you haven't listened to while you take a well-earned break. Have a wonderful summer, whatever you do. Take care and keep well. And I'll see you in September when I kick off season three with three fabulous launch episodes, including one on headaches. If you'd like to find out more about me and my clinical work, or check out the 10-day energy diet in my Vavavoom book, I've put all the information and links you need in the show notes on the podcast page of my website, well-well-well.co.uk. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and family and leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen on, as it really helps to spread the word so that new listeners can find the show because every woman deserves to have a happy menopause. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.